0: Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast, the final Principle of Hospitality live podcast for 2021. So exciting for you to be listening to this little recap of what will be a summer series over the next six weeks. I've got a special guest in the studio. Hey, Sash Fernando, how are you? Hey, Sean. Nice to, nice to be here. It's been been a little while. Man, it's been, it's been all too long. People haven't heard your sultry tones since uh, January of this year. So, <laughs> I think everyone's excited just to have you back, mate. I'm in the background. I'm you in, in the, the Full time host. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, it's fantastic uh, to have you here as we reflect on what has been another challenging year. I remember when we were speaking in January about mm. starting up and and developing Poe. We were talking about how hard 2020 was and yeah. and how excited we were for 2021. But, like, you know, how have things been for you?
1: Oh man, I mean, h- how much energy has gone into th- to into the podcast last year was we we knew where it was going to go but we didn't know where it was going to go as well and Mm. i think just the amount of focus and time that we've put into the into the podcast has really developed and is still developing into something quite extraordinary yeah which we're totally um, excited about i mean but last year was wow it was such a challenge wasn't it Mm. um the highs were high and you know, I guess we created this, evolved this uh, podcast because you know it was through the COVID, COVID scenario, and yeah. like thinking, hey, we need to do something for hospitality and, and push it even further. And I think it's it's starting to really get that clarity and that focus, and we've we've got a, a really good direction for where it's going. On the other side, of think the business is, you know, we've been extra really busy and trying to keep up, and you know, it's been challenging time with trying to make sure the staff are right and yeah know making sure we're doing everything that we can as business owners as well Mm. um but how's it been for you
0: um it's been really good like overall it's been really good like i think it's been tiring like i'm coming to the end of the year and i feel exhausted but i think i'm i'm hopeful and i'm optimistic um in regards to what we're doing with open pantry like uh you know it's been our best best year yet you know we've done some great product development um with folks at Player as a bakery group. We've done a lot of operational things for brands and, and really tooled them up for success and we're exciting for the brands we we're working with and the ones we've talked to in the last couple of years. who we are going to be doing more venues to actually be part of that growth with them and, and make sure they're growing um, with strategic mindset, which I think is probably the biggest thing which has come out of the last two years. A lot more venues are thinking with a strategic mindset <laughs> yeah. rather than just, yeah. you know, shooting yeah. from the hip.
1: Yeah, I mean, as we talk about, because we talk to Clients all the time and understanding their story and understanding, you know, okay, well what are we going to do? And it's always coming towards okay, COVID conversations yep. Yep. and how can we create products or brands that can withstand this scenario again if need be? And like that's always at the front of their mind. Yep, which is sensational. Yep, and it's always forward thinking about what that sale is going to be or what that product that they can take away. Yes, which has been, a, you know, a mind shift in hospitality for sure. Yeah, but they're putting a lot of focus into it, and as you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking about takeaways, um, this this actual podcast is all about the takeaways from the six most talked about podcasts. You like my segue there? That wow. was pretty good, wasn't it? I
1: was, I was, was pretty passionate.
0: Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this.
1: <laughs> was a good segue. It was a good it segue. It was a good segue. Let's keep it.
0: So we're going to go through each one of these six episodes that you can expect to hear, that you will hear, over the next six weeks following this week. So the first one is one that we probably got m- the most comments on. So if you flip back, it's episode 131 uh, with Leon Kennedy from Proud Mary. Now, when we sat down with Leon um, this particular night in Collingwood, in the roastery, like, I thought... <laughs> Like We were together for this one, yeah. right? I remember your fantastic yeah. video skills, by the
1: way. Oh, thanks, man. It was <laughs> pan in, pan out. It's never been used on Instagram, but it will one day. It will come. Uh, but when we got there, we, we thought we thought it was going to be 30 minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Mm. And How extraordinary was it?
0: Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, like I'd never met Leon before yeah. that time. Um, and obviously you've known, known yeah. Leon for a long time, and... And I think it was, you know, just a standout conversation. We thought because of the time of day that we were starting, and I think we started at 7 o'clock or yeah, 8 o'clock yeah. or something like that um, at night, and I thought, oh, this was is going to go was for that 30 unpegs? minutes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah Aunty Pegs, that's right. And then, um, and then it went for, you know, over an hour and a half, and it could have easily gone for two to three hours, the conversation. So I think... He's, um, he's such
1: a great storyteller. Yes. And the way he articulates himself and brings the business perspective to the conversation as well and you know is very just humble about the whole whole story as well so yeah yeah um one of my favorites yeah
0: so we're going to get into the podcast now we've taken about two to three minutes out of this podcast to get you excited for this re-release of the podcast next week
2: So you've got crew, you've got that yep, open. Yep, so, so what happens next? Uh, so the next thing that happened is I had a bit of a midlife crisis uh-huh. at the ripe age of what it probably would have been 24 or 25, <laughs> maybe 26. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and l- same thing, like I said, I, I was just working around the clock in mm-hmm. these businesses, man. Like I would not take a day off. I yep. just It just became this thing that I just continuously – it became my identity, Yeah. you know, not yeah. to – Get a bit philosophical on you but it really did and yeah i understand yeah and i just i couldn't do anything else mm-hmm. you know, and I'd lost, I'd, i lost you know if my family wanted to see me they had to come to the shop yeah you know i i didn't um i wasn't there for any of my mates anymore and i mm. just I'd given up so much and eventually thankfully i'd had some good mentors at the time and they would always say like man you're working too hard you've got to yep. you know that's kind of rookie You've mm-hmm. got to actually learn how to let the business run without you being in it. Yeah, and um, yeah, they kind of—I guess one of them convinced me one day to start taking days off. Right, and when I did, it was scary, you know, like because you didn't know what to do, did you? I didn't know what to do. I w- woke up that morning and I was just like, "Fuck, uh, what should I do?" Like all my friends mm. that I would have run were all at work because it was midweek, <laughs> right? Yes. And I'm just like, "Whoa, <laughs> I mean, I can't go to the shop." <laughs> And I went to ring my coffee roaster. I was like, maybe I'll go have a coffee with him. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, that's work. <laughs> and, man, I remember, I remember, like, I was in this apartment. So I had an apartment in Windsor. And I remember going into the lounge room and just thinking, what should I do right now? It's mm. like 9.30 in the morning and, you know, there was a guitar there. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't really play the guitar anymore. And <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I jumped on my motorbike. I went for a ride. Right. You know, I came back after, like, half an hour because I wasn't even feeling that. Yeah, wow. And I, you know, when I sat down and I was like, I think I want to have a beer, <laughs> and and I thought better of it, <laughs> and I'm glad I did <laughs> because that w- beer would have turned into 15 pretty mm-hmm. quick. At yeah, that you don't want to be doing that at 11 o'clock in the morning. No, no, and having an existentialist crisis. Thing. <laughs> so you know, yeah, I I kind of sat down and just pondered it, and I thought about it, and I said, and I realised I was like, man, you know what? I've just, I've lo- again, it sounds really cliche and a bit lame, but I mm. kind of felt like I just I'd lost myself, you know. Yeah. And I said, look, I need to figure it out. I need to get in touch with who I am and mm-hmm. I can't do that with the business. I've gone to extreme mm-hmm. and I need an equally extreme response to balance it. Sure. And so I literally said, all right, I'm going to sell the shops and, and go and figure out who I am again. And Wow. Yeah, it was a, it was a very uh, random decision and I followed it through. So I literally went and sold that shop in the South Melbourne market to my coffee restaurant right. that day. Like I literally, that day. <laughs> yeah, I said to him, um, hey man, you know, if I was going to sell that shop, what would you pay for it? And he was just like, well, I wouldn't because I know you'd never be stupid enough to sell it. <laughs> and I was like, just say hypothetically. And he spat out a number and I knocked a hundred grand off it and said, how about that? And he said, oh, how about I write your check right now? I said, yep, done. And, and that was literally as quick as it was. Wow. Uh, and then it took a couple of weeks longer to sell the other one, which is still pretty good in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely. selling businesses isn't that easy. No. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, it was done. And I um, literally the next day flew out to Mexico with one of my best mates. Right. He was um, a, like a chef who was going to do like a food research trip, so I just tagged along. Uh, and over there we had some really deep conversations. You know, he was, he was older than me and mm-hmm. like an older brother, you know, mm-hmm. and he was giving me heaps of advice about, man, you've spent so long thinking with your head and you need to learn how to think with your heart, you yeah. know? And I was mm-hmm. like, fuck, that's deep. And, yeah, you're mm. right. And So I said, all right, I'm, let's go home. I'm going to pack up all my shit. And, and I was kind of cashed up because I just sold the businesses. I said, of I'm course. just going to go. I'm just going to get out of Australia. Yep. And, man, I'm just going to try and um, figure out what's meaningful to me, you know? Okay. And I said, yeah, I'm not going to come home mm-hmm. until, I, uh, until I know it. And, and I think I framed it with a simple question. I just said, you know, if, if I didn't have to work for money, what would I do with my time? Well, I hope you
0: enjoyed that little grab from Leon's episode. Now, the second episode, if you wind the podcast back to episode 126, Julian Moosey from Only Hospitality Group. Now, this was a podcast I think we did in maybe March this year and I recorded it in his venue in Bentwood, in Fitzroy, and it was just a fantastic podcast to sit down and really talk about how he got through 2020 at that stage and what he was hopeful for 2021. He's got an amazing team. He's got many, many restaurants. He's opened up his own bakery brand uh, in 2020 as well. He's just going from strength to strength. got many venues, different kinds of venues in Victoria.
1: What did you think, Sash? Yeah, I mean... He's a, a r- extraordinary brand builder. I, mean, I I think the way he and his team look at venues and redefine them is mm-hmm. is really extraordinary. I mean, uh, if you've been to any of his venues, you can you can see the story behind every one of them, and and the food, the the services is just incredible as well. So I mean, he's a really nice person to talk to as well. Just understanding his story about how he creates some of those husbo businesses, and I think it's very inspiring. Yeah, very I inspiring. totally agree. Yeah,
0: He's an ex-footballer. He hated me saying that. when uh, <laughs> He found it funny when we started the podcast off, off that way. You'll be able to listen to him in a couple of weeks' time. But, yeah, you're right, Sash. He is an inspirational leader in, in our community and doing uh, great things with his brand. He's got a great team behind him. So this is another two- to three-minute grab from that interview, and uh, I hope you really enjoy it. Done some really impressive things the last 12 months. Obviously with Juliet, um, Coffee and Bread coming on board, and then and then Park Meats coming on board as yep. well. Like some really interesting projects. Like, what made you decide you wanted to do that? Was that was that just a natural kind of pivot from doing a lot of amazing cafes in in Victoria and Queensland, or was it? Something you always wanted to do. Um
3: look, to be honest, when we opened our first Juliet, it was just about that Juliet location. And it, you know, it was a small space, you know, 26 square metres footprint, 15 grand rent. You know, not much can go yeah. wrong. It was it was the middle of COVID. Yes. And I didn't want to stop because I just want to make because life was very boring in the middle of COVID. And mm-hmm. I didn't want staff to lose motivation. I wanted everyone to feel excited. And and doing the Juliet for the first of all, created really great excitement. It was something different. It was a it was a baker, a bakery venue, you know. Um, you know, the Mod Bar, you know, it was a really great theatre. You know, as soon as you walked in, loud music, yeah. coffee's right there. You see these awesome coffee taps coming out of the bar. The idea was um, also about some of our best performing venues obviously got hit hardest, right? And um, I'm a big believer that people go to restaurants for, for dinner
2: mm-hmm. or long
3: lunches. Yes. People go to cafes for breakfast and lunch. Yes. And, and really convenient takeaway locations for a takeaway coffee. And, you know, our best dining venues have less takeaway than... So our best take you know what I mean like yeah, some yeah, of our absolutely. some of our best um, our you know um, best takeaway venues are our smallest footprint yes so the idea was okay so people can't go out for breakfast and lunch mm-hmm. let's create a model that is known for just takeaway so you know I'm really glad we did it because obviously um, you know now that we know that we've got the Juliet's if we go back into a lockdown and we're not supported by the government with the jobkeeper we've got yeah. a great brand that we know will perform really strongly through COVID, yes through, through a lockdown which we did you know, for the sake of transparency, our our Juliet um, Malvin store, which we opened in the middle of it, you know, we had 600 people a day through there for um, every day for the whole of COVID five months. You know, it's come off a bit now because people are able to go out for breakfast and lunch. Yes. You know, but all of our venues are are, are really busy. Um, Juliet's have come off a little bit, but, you know, it's important for us to have our dining venues the busiest because they carry the, uh, you know, they're the the most, uh, you know, overheads and all that. So, but, um, you know it was a really great move by the group and mm-hmm. um you know like it was, a, it was the stroke of luck we needed really to, to push ahead that's why we opened four four more really aggressively yeah and then with park again you know the, you hear the best the best performing industries during covid were a grocer or a butcher yep and your takeaway model like a bakery etc mm-hmm. so that's how we open park meets. Again, it's you know at that, just that um, that just-in-case model where if we go back to COVID, we've got a great grocer that people can come to. Yeah. Even when we win lots, right. Yeah.
0: I hope you really like that little grab from Julian Moosey's episode. Now let's get into week three. Now, week three is with Andy Joy from Carlton Wine Room. Now, if you've been to Carlton Wine Room, the three or four level venue. Uh, in Carlton there on Faraday Street. It's absolutely exceptional. I've been there with my partner Dee before. Uh, the service is unbelievable. Obviously, the the wine program is is out of this world, but really fantastic service, fantastic food. And I've been wanting to talk with Andy for, for a little bit because it, he and his partner, Trav, have taken over that venue the last couple of years. So it was really great to have a conversation with him about how they took over the venue, how his grace and humbleness really added to the flavour of what CWR is, how he's connected to the industry a lot more now because of the challenges of 2020 and now 2021. And, but his positive culture and positive environment was really inspirational through this episode. Like, what did yeah, you think about I it, Sash?
1: The stunning venue, absolutely stunning venue. Mm. I, what I actually, what I loved about it was his focus on training yes and how you know he's really putting a, a huge focus on hospitality training and mm-hmm. i think there's a lot that a lot of our viewers and i can i can also relate to it, that it's it's just inspiring to to be around understanding his process with that
0: yeah absolutely and i hope you really enjoy it
4: actually realizing just how much i'd actually missed this i hadn't mm. felt it until we got back and did it mm. and that for me was the the greatest thing And i just go oh my god this is this is exactly what i i do this this is my job and i love this yeah i love what we do mm. i love it dearly you know like and i think that the guests and customers that we're seeing coming through have a similar respect like yeah they've just had whole time where they couldn't go and do this thing and now they're coming back and they are really really appreciative and it's so nice to see and i hope it stays that way and like like our customers amazing in general but across the board across melbourne i think that we're just very happy to be back and operational and and getting this city back to life and i think that's what we try and do in this industry is like we we try and drive the culture of this city and I think that that's a really important thing that we need to respect in ourselves, that what we do on a daily basis is bring culture. We do that. That's our job. Like It's the culture of an actual city. You know, yeah, like yeah. And when you take it away, I don't know if anyone walked through the city when it was during lockdown, it was scary, man. Yeah, like it, was it was beyond s- scary. It was so scary. Like, no one in the street, you know. Yeah. So, I think that... Yeah, what we do is we try and bring a bit of life and colour. And it's Melbourne has an amazing history of that, you know. Um, totally. One of my great mentors was Patricia O'Donnell, mm-hmm. who was an incredible woman, mm-hmm. um, used to live above Marion. Wow. And um, she was probably one of the main reasons I got in, into this business because she, <laughs> she said to me one day, she goes, Andrew, you'd be a bloody dickhead if you didn't do anything. <laughs> and I just went, thanks, Patricia. <laughs> That's honest. I didn't know the score <laughs> so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, she was just a great great woman and she embodied, she, for me, she embodied culture and mm. respect for what we do. Like, she was, she was an incredible woman. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she yeah, definitely helped me to get to where I am. Yeah. How did you deal with the emotion of coming back? Like, we're, through this Ooh. podcast, we're
0: talking, we're talking about how much, like, this was meant for you. To yeah. do hospitality, to be hospitable, to have connection, to build community, yeah. to give a shit about people.
4: Yeah. How did I deal with the emotion? How did you deal with the emotion
0: of actually opening the doors again?
4: Prozac. Uh, no, <laughs> um,
0: and getting through.
4: Yeah, it was getting back to it, I think. I don't know. Like getting back was kind of, like, easy. I think the hard thing came in the form of all the stringent operational things you had to mm. lay across it. Yeah, sure. And once again, I think it, for me, I had to get back to that, well, stop extrapolating. Yeah. Stop trying to overthink this. Just operate, see how it works and deal with that. The sure. emotional side of things, like how do you, how do you deal with that? It's a <laughs> yoga. Uh, no, just... Um, Was it humour? Yeah, just making, making light of it. Yeah. yeah I just yeah. think that we just, yeah, just like, yeah, absolutely... 100% I think you've just Because you're a very humorous
0: person <laughs> I'm just curious if humor is the reason uh, Like the way you got through it Because Andy yeah, if, if someone comes up to you Who's been yeah. a customer Maybe I'm sure you have a lot of people Come here every week Or every Friday night or
4: Saturday night Or whatever yeah. and have a drink right uh-huh. And they really I don't build I do or night. Saturdays But yeah whatever <laughs> I hope they're here Maybe a <laughs> Thursday have got a good roster uh,
0: And they build a really good connection With you and your team Yeah And then you've had this whole period Where you guys have been shut yeah, and then all of a sudden you're open again. And they yeah. come up to you and go, Andy, uh, like, fuck, I'm glad you're open. You don't understand how much we've missed this. Yeah. After There's the fifth or sixth person, that becomes
4: bloody full on. Yeah, right? exactly. And I, uh, yeah, and I um, have, have been – well, after that – well, there were a couple that got me early on and I, yeah. I was uh, a bit teary and I was like, oh, fuck, it is really really good to be back. <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, yeah. It's, it has become a bit of a, like – yeah, I'm. am j- still just really glad to have a business where I can employ yeah. people. You yeah. know, I'm still. I'm glad that we've got this thing that we can come to every day and work in. You know, like mm. I'm glad for that, and I'm mm. glad to be able to to be able to offer this thing that we love offering. You know. Yep. Like t- it's the response <laughs> I've got now for that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Mm.
0: All right, welcome back. I hope you really enjoyed that little grab from Andy Joy's episode there from Carlton Wyroom. That was just a fantastic conversation, so I know you're going to enjoy that in a couple of weeks. Now, the next one is episode four, which is circle back to episode 127 with Matt Wiley from Bar in Sydney, which is in Everly. Now, I've had a couple of people who have been there. We haven't been there yet because it's in Sydney, and, like, trust me, like, as you know, if you're from Melbourne, like, you haven't really been allowed out of the front gates for a while, um, but can't wait to get there. It is the first no waste bar in the world. Now, if you know about Matt before, he actually comes from uh, a bar called Scout in London, which is exceptional as well. And in this conversation that we actually recorded before they opened, I think in April or May of 2021, we were talking about sustainability. We were talking about how he was building his own supply chain doing some stuff Messina where they were using certain waste products and he was buying them from the market extraordinary isn't it all stuff that was going to be wasted right and he was going to use it and all these drinks and it's gone to another level since they've opened so I think you're really going to enjoy this particular podcast Um, also shout out to Evan Strove who we actually did another podcast with a couple months later who was number 150 in the Po podcast but I think you're going to really enjoy this little grab from Matt
5: so there's, there's things that we need to solve in to to get, to get to be a zero waste bar. Yes, but the 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 main idea is taking food waste, the uh, and diverting it from landfill. Mm-hmm. That's that's um, that's our main our main goal. We're working with our spirit suppliers to reduce how much packaging comes into our venue Yes, you know we don't we're working at buying uh, buying bulk. And then, getting a jerry can and then sending the jerry can back and then just and having one bottle in venue, so we don't need bottles. I
0: was gonna, yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Like, how detailed have you have you gone? Have you made it so that suppliers aren't delivering in cardboard boxes? And you know, obviously, you're talking about the jerry can there. Like, that's super interesting. You're trying to do sort of the same yeah. when you have there's wine suppliers and stuff. As there's
5: well. a company. There's a company called Eco Spirits. Mm-hmm. They they do I think called an eco Taupe. So it's uh, it's like a metal structure with a bladder inside Yep, and you can you can have that on your you can have that on your bar you can use it as an optic so you can go 30 mil yeah right or you can go seven hundred and it fills up a bottle
0: yeah right wow
5: uh, they come in 25 liters and 4.5 liters so we're, we're going to have a couple of those they they only use their core range of spirits it's not open to everyone because they're, they're leading the technology of it and, and yep. i'm sure at some point they'll sell the technology to all the major players mm-hmm. The minute that are using their own core brands um we've got Vermouth from Regal road that's coming in a goon bag our wine's coming in goon bags mm-hmm. um, and we and we're trying to work on how we replace the bladders for recycled material mm-hmm. it, and now we and how we would look to recycle the cardboard does it go into something else how are we are we using it elsewhere are we using it in packaging to send back the jerry can yep there's so many different ways of reusing something mm-hmm. um and there are solutions that we're actually going to document everything that we do and every every time we come up with a new solution there'll be an open source on our website wow and it will just be a date and and it might be cardboard packaging and we'll document how, how we fix that yes. for a bar yeah. so at some point there'll just be a long list of things that, of the open source, where the produce came from, how much produce we got from that grower, mm-hmm. you know, how much did we save the land for, and become an open source of venues. And then, at the same time, we're working on a, an initiative of how we how we create a concentric circular economy for bars in Sydney. How do we work together collectively mm-hmm. as a, as a group to to minimise food waste? And so we're looking at. Working with ten bars to start off with, where we would that we would sit in a sit in a room with workshop something that we would put on the table everything that we know we waste, mm-hmm. and we would if I if I'm wasting oranges mm-hmm. because I like to use the skin for a negroni or a venue mm-hmm. they use they make loads of negronis they don't they, they don't have enough orange juice mm-hmm. can, not, can those oranges go to a coffee shop for them to give away free orange juice with a on? wow so then we're set when that, that becomes one path across and then does that coffee shop have coffee grinds that they can make into a coffee liqueur or someone can make into a coffee liqueur so we're, we're going to start really small and figure out and so we can create a circle within the 10 bars as we leave the room and we know that that bar's going to take the oranges they're going to take the coffee grounds, they're going to take the banana skin and, and and it's done and then we work out how we do it and how easy it was. What's the best way? Was it a weekly delivery? Was it a daily? And mm-hmm. uh, how much did we waste? And we're going to document it over four weeks and, and start to build a blueprint of what how bars can work together rather than being insular and and being solely focused on profit. With what you do, we can actually work together to generate more income for everyone.
0: I hope you really enjoyed that little grab from Matt Wiley's podcast that we did this year. Now, let's go into week five. So week five is going to be about mid-January, we're going to release this podcast. Now, if you want to go back, it's episode 139 with Kirsty from Babajan in Carlton here in Melbourne. Now, this was a podcast which just took me a bit by surprise. Like I knew it was going to be fantastic. And I was so excited to talk to Kirsty for the first time. But she came into the principal of Hospitality Studios down here in Collingwood. And we had this conversation that was just absolutely next level. We talked about sustainability in, in the industry. We talked about community a lot, the challenges of 2020, and how she really got through that in this amazing
1: venue in Carlton. How much passion did she have? Oh. It was extraordinary. It was. She yeah. just kept on. She just said it all she yeah. didn't she didn't hold back yeah and i think that's what i loved about it and she's such an honest individual and again very empowering female yeah leader in, in hospitality
0: yeah absolutely and we talked about that as well and and you know uh just leadership in the industry and as a as a host of podcasts like it's one of those conversations in which you're still in a buzz a couple of days afterwards yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like it's such an inspirational conversation yeah that you, are, that you really enjoy it. So I know you're going to enjoy this little grab from our conversation this year and then we'll come back with the last episode of the season. I want to ask your opinion on one more thing before I get into the okay. normal final question because yeah. um, I know you're going to give me an honest answer on this. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, over the last couple of weeks, I've been listening to a lot of people in the hospitality industry on a, on a global scale Um, as things open back up right and of course we've been open and maybe not melbourne but the rest of australia has been open a bit a bit longer right staffing crisis Mm. so around the world we're seeing the same Mm. things come up us uk Mm. europe can't get staff Mm. inside venues Mm. um, to work again like we did before do you think that's a result of like as you were talking about at the start of the podcast like a lot of your staff are french or you know, Spanish or Indian or Nepalese. Like, do you think it's the fact that those people are home, uh, concentrating on their family and don't don't feel safe leaving at the moment? Do you think that's the staffing issue? That the reason why we can't get the amount of staff at the moment is foreign is foreign workers, or do you think there's something else that's at play?
6: I think that's probably part of it. Yeah. Um, because if they're having the same issues, then then it's yes across the board. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, everyone thinks that they can open a cafe or a restaurant. Yes. Which is insulting to <laughs> yeah, me. I, totally I, like agree. literally the lashes girl that did my lashes yesterday was just like, oh, yeah, me and my husband, you know, really want to open a cafe. We <laughs> love having coffee and, you know, pastries. I was like, keep yes. it that way. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. I said, "What's your husband do? She's like, he's an engineer. I said, oh, well, dear. like I don't say I'm going to go and build a bridge, right? Yeah. Yes. Like,
0: yes. Great
6: it's point. It, it's insulting.
0: Yeah. Great point. That
6: you think.
0: It's so easy. It's so
6: easy because mm. it's not. So I think because we have so many, maybe so many venues open, um, we need to make it harder for uh, people to, we need to highlight our industry and our education. Yeah. We haven't spent any money on like TAFEs and yep. Um, we've cheapened our industry. Yes. with As much as I love MasterChef and all that stuff. Yes. We've made it, we've glorified it like anyone yeah. can be a chef. Yes. And I don't think that's the case. And I think we need to go from the from uh, like from right from the bottom, like Mm. preschool, Mm -hmm. um, primary school, and home economics. Um, You know, I I've been speaking to my son's um, principal Mm -hmm. about the canteen. Right. So there's no education around food for young people anymore. It's a great point. So if we invest in passion mm. and food from a young age mm. and get them excited and understand it's going to like it's going to take years to get us back to normal and have people that want to cook and want to be want to know about wine and want to serve yeah. and Yeah. But I think it has it's it's just been cheapened. Mm-hmm. Um it's not just the covid, you know, staffing yep. people are still overseas. I don't think it's that. I think it we've we've entitled our Australians, by paying them too much for Mm -hmm. something that their education is not qualified for.
0: So welcome back. I hope you really enjoyed that little grab from Kirsty's podcast that we did this year. Uh, Just an amazing, inspirational leader in our industry. We're so lucky to have her. Now, as we go into the final week of the summer series, which is going to happen late January 2022, as we look forward to 2022. It's episode one four five. If you clock your little podcast calendars back, with Sally Jones from Gippsland, Jersey. Now, this was a podcast, which, if you didn't know, we actually recorded in person in Gippsland at Farmer Kevin's actual farm. <laughs> I, I turned up, actually turned up there. Didn't realize we were gonna. Fu- didn't realize we were gonna film and record a podcast in basically his front yard um right behind us with some cows and some horses and some things like that um and sally was exceptional like she she rocked up with scones and obviously with butter and things like that like it was just it was just a fantastic couple of hours i actually spent another couple of hours after the podcast recording hanging out having lunch with her and her kids and that kind of stuff it was just really really cool it was
1: it it was such a real conversation and Mm. Just li- it was actually quite emotional. Truthfully, I just yeah. to, i haven't yeah, yeah. spoken to you about it, but mm. it was quite emotional because there was such a strong story coming from her family, and how that changed, how how that created a ripple effect about the industry, yes, that they're in. Mm. And I, I think every listener should listen to this one for sure. It's yeah, it's 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 an extraordinary it's um, recording. So
0: it's it's emotional out the gate, and we didn't even think they were going to have Kev on the podcast, <laughs> and then he came on <laughs> and. Then we have this conversation, which I didn't think we were going to have. Like it was quite. You're right. It was really emotional. It was hard. We had to stop a couple of times. Yeah, because it was pretty. It was pretty uh, deep. And um, I, I just wasn't expecting it. No, neither was I. Yeah, neither was I. Especially when you talk about supply chain. Yeah. Right. Um. It's not really an emotional you're thing to about talk milk. about. Yeah. You're about talking milk. about you know you're talking Hours about dairy. You're talking about you know people's existence here. You know they get yeah. up you know every single day of the year at five o'clock. It's a hard life, so I think you're really going to enjoy this little grab from the last episode for the summer series with Sally. In regards to in regards to the challenges of the last year, like what what were they from a from a supply standpoint?
7: When I guess the um, we're not advert- we're, you know we're not. Um, I guess, new to adversity, we've yes. we've done a few adversities in our lives and mm. especially just we now, you know, little brand that's only been around a short time. Mm-hmm. So we always see adversity as opportunity mm. and, you know, we never threw, you know, thought, oh, geez, you know, we've lost all our cafes because I've shut and, we've yeah. you know, we've lost this opportunity and that's on hold and all that kind of stuff. Like, so I guess what we did go is right. Um how are we gonna? How are we gonna? You know, how are we gonna deal with this? And and it's mindset, right? We always get to choose how we respond to situations. Yes. And um. We thought, well, we were <laughs> just about to launch our butter, actually. Right. So we, we had the bushfires, and we we're about to open oh, up the factory yeah, <laughs> in Lake Entrance, and yes. the bushfires were on our back door, mm. and um, we'd employed a factory. You know, manager and production manager so he was on the books we'd put um bank loans on stainless steel and so everything's sitting there waiting and we'd sort of budgeted for this start date on the 3rd of January and the bushfires came through but um yeah they wouldn't send the auditor down to sign us off because mm-hmm. of what was happening <laughs> with that crisis Sorry. so so we were um we were all you know delayed anyway by the time we got the factory home and and um, we're like, right, we need to value add because there's not a lot of margin in white milk. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we wholesale out for three ninety nine for two liters of milk. Right. So everyone gets everyone the same it, price. everyone's yep. on the same price. So awesome. if you're a cafe, you're a supermarket, you're a yeah, milk right. bar, whatever. It's just a fair price, right? Yep. Yep. Um, very transparent with all of that. hmm And then um Yeah, we're gonna launch the butter because you know, it's a good value add with the, cr- the There's a lot of cream in Jersey, so yes. we um. And then the pandemic hit, and so sort of put the halt on the launches because we're going to go into store and mm-hmm. sample and gee everyone up and <laughs> got to taste it. Yes, but we couldn't. And then um, an opportunity came through through Visit Victoria mm-hmm. with their Click for Vic campaign. Yep. so we went pretty hard on that, and yeah. we were featured with that. So awesome. Um, it was amazing because, you know, have it we didn't know, but having an online platform now, we have to, you know, the whole trend word pivot to your business. Yes, yep. Like how you ever, you know, sell dairy on a website. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but it worked, we, we, right? it worked mm. and it sort of got us through and we got on the back of home delivery and it was at the end of the day, I think what helps anyone survive is your network. Mm. And the fact that, you know, yes, we're rural. Um, yes, we probably don't know a lot of people, but, when we do go out and about, we love to connect with people and uh, and I guess, um, have really meaningful relationships. So it, you know, and then just one door opens another door, and yeah. and people like so many good people in our camp, yes, and just opportunities. So then um, we use social media in that time because mm-hmm. you can't go out visiting and to yep. say to these chefs, oh, please sample, but we were on Instagram and we um, yeah, were able to be connected. I guess like a LinkedIn mm-hmm. version of and all these chefs were sitting at home, and so we, we were able to chat to them and just send mm. them boxes of produce to try in their leisure, in their kitchen, at yep. home, yep. which they probably wouldn't have had. So it was blessing in disguise.
0: It's true, very true. And yeah.
7: in that time, we spoke to, um, connected with Martin Bren, mm. who's a chef um, at the new restaurant called Society. Society, yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: And he just said, wow, your timing couldn't have been more perfect. <laughs> I'm looking for a dairy supplier. Wow.
0: There you go.
7: And um and that's been great. You know, I was a little bit bowled like bowled over when I went to that restaurant. It is so luxe and amazing. Um pretty it's, intense. Yeah, it's <laughs> incredible. So we're feeling very privileged privileged to be a supplier. Mm. And um, you know, that wouldn't that wouldn't have happened without the pandemic. Yeah. So yeah. It's um we just see it as an opportunity. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well I hope you enjoyed that little bit from the Sally Jones episode that we did this year and you're excited for what's going to happen in that summer series. I think you're really going to enjoy reflecting on what was an extraordinary 2021. Now, as we end this little podcast episode, we have to thank the people who have supported Poe in 2021. So thank you so much to Chef's Hat. You've heard me say it twice on every single episode, but the team... Down there, especially Sardik and Rebecca, who have done an amazing job helping Sash and I talk about and storytell for the industry during this year has been exceptional, so thank you to those guys. Fine Food Australia, especially with Andrew and Caitlin, who have been major supporters of what we've been doing, really excited to be part of Hospitality Unites, which is a fantastic online platform this year. Shout out to Wendy Hargraves, and of course, Pitch Partners as well, who have helped us in the background, Uh, an amazing accounting firm here in Victoria. What about you, Sash? I know you wanted to say something as well.
1: Oh man, I, I just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone mm. that's helped us and supported us. I mean, you know, mentally <laughs> it's been full on year, <laughs> just and, a tiny bit. And you know, I, I think it's been such a great collaboration with with those guys over there that you just mentioned. Um, but you know, if if anyone's out there that wants to collaborate with us, you know, don't don't be afraid. Give us a give us a buzz. Uh, send us an uh, email or a DM. And, you know, we'll we'll get in touch and, and see what we can do to support Australia, hospitality, Melbourne, Australia, uh, Melbourne Sydney, wherever you are. Give us a holler.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think 2022 is going to be really, really exciting because obviously we've been largely, you know, Victorian focused. But I think the next couple of years are going to be fantastic as we branch out to other states and have other stories, other hosts, all these yep. things that are going to keep coming. You're
1: saying too much, Sean. Oh, I'm You're saying, saying too, too much. Right. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and by the way, it's not going to be me. So <laughs> it, there's lots of things coming up. People send me DMs all the time wanting you to be a host, no, Sash. No, no, <laughs> You've got uh, that voice, Sean.
0: Uh, I'm blessed. Um, thanks as well to our partners, Dee and Rooney, as well, for putting up with us. I know that Sash and I have a lot of you know, late night text conversations and phone calls about different ideas that we're thinking about the podcast and I know they come up with great ideas that benefit the podcast as well, so thank you to them. Thank you to Principal Design and your team, Sash, and the, and the PO team overall for the stunning visuals of the podcast, uh, the website which we've been able to launch this year, and obviously the social media feed. Uh, it's been a massive and busy year for everything that we've done and we've started up this year, so really appreciate, really appreciate that. Also, the video component as well that we've did with Mind Society. That was a fantastic video that we actually launched as well in collaboration with them, called Melbourne Reopened, which we actually filmed at the end of 2020 when we thought we were almost done with all the lockdowns and all the hardship. But it's a fantastic video to reflect on and think about the resilience that we have in the hospitality industry. So really excited for, that. really excited to do more videos in 2022. And moving on, like we've got some exciting announcements and partnerships that we're going to share with you in your new year. We don't want to drop it just yet, but some new shows. But what about you, Sash?
1: Yeah, I mean, if there is any other stories that you want to hear, mm. please let us know as well. And if there's any entrepreneurs or um, any other stories within hospitality that you think our listeners would, would love to to hear about, you know, shoot us a line.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're excited for the collaborations that are going to happen in 2022, some exciting events are going to happen as well. We can't say too much yet because it's going to be overwhelmed if we if we yep. do it all at once. So we're going to drip feed it early in the new year, but it's going to be fantastic. And we wanted to thank you the most for listening to this thing, listening to this podcast. We always have the podcast with you in mind, as I say, at every single podcast. And we really do. We really care about the messages and the feedback and the comments that we get through all our social media platforms or Sash and I directly. So thank you so much for listening and we're looking forward to an exceptional 2022.